0: That was when Maddie panicked and lied. On the spur of the moment, she concocted an outrageous falsehood that would, for better and worse, determine the rest of her life. I've met him already. The look of astonishment on her stepmother's face was immensely satisfying. But within seconds, Maddie realized how stupid she'd been. She ought to have known that her little statement wouldn't put paid to the matter. Of course, it only launched a hundred other questions. When is he coming here? Oh, uh, he can't. He wanted to, but he had to leave the country at once. Whatever for? Because he's in the army, an officer. What of his family? We at least should meet them. But you can't. He's from too far away, all the way in Scotland, and also they're dead. At least tell us his name. Mackenzie. His name is Logan Mackenzie. Logan Mackenzie. Suddenly, her not-real suitor had a name. By the end of the afternoon, he had hair brown, eyes blue, a voice deep with a highland burr, a rank, captain, and a personality, firm but intelligent and kind and that evening, at her family's urging, Maddy sat down to write him a letter. Right this moment, they think I am writing a letter to my secret, kilted betrothed, and I am filling a page with nonsense instead, just praying no one looks over my shoulder. Worst of all, I shall have no choice but to post the thing when I'm done. It will end up in some military dead-letter office, I hope, or it will be read and passed around whole regiments for ridicule, which I would richly deserve. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Now the clock is ticking, and when it strikes doom, I will have to confess. I will firstly be compelled to explain that I lied about attracting a handsome Scottish officer while staying in Brighton. Then, when I do, I shall have no further excuse to avoid the actual rejection of countless English gentlemen come spring. My dear imaginary Captain Mackenzie, you are not real, and never will be. I, however, am a true and eternal fool. Here, have a drawing of a snail. October 5th, 1808. Dear, not really a Captain Mackenzie. On second thought, perhaps I won't have to explain it this year. I might be able to stretch this for a whole season. I must admit, it's rather convenient, and my family looks at me in a whole new light. I am now a woman who inspired at least one headlong tumble into everlasting love. And really, isn't one enough? Because you see, you are mad for me. Utterly consumed with passion after just a few chance meetings and walks along the shore. You made me a great many promises. I was reluctant to accept them, knowing how our nascent love would be tested by distance and war. But you assured me that your heart is true, and I... And I have read too many novels, I think. November 10th, 1808. Dear Captain McWhimsey, is there anything more mortifying than bearing witness to one's own father's love affair? Ugh! We all knew he needed to remarry and produce an heir. To take a young, fertile wife made the most sense. I just didn't expect him to enjoy it so much, with so few nods to dignity. Curse this endless war, and its effect of hampering proper months-long honeymoons. They disappear together every afternoon, and then I and the servants must all pretend to not know what they are doing. I shudder. I know I should be happy to see them both happy, and I am, rather. But until this air-making project takes root, I think I shall be writing you fewer letters and taking a great many walks." December 18th, 1808 Dear Captain McFantasy, I have a new accomplice. My Aunt Thea has come to stay. In her youth she was a scandalous demi-mondaine, ruined at court in France by a wicked conte, But she's frail and harmless now. Aunt Thea adores the idea that I'm suffering with love and anxiety for my endangered Scottish officer. I scarcely have to lie at all. Of course, Madeline doesn't wish to attend parties and balls in London. Can't you see the poor?